One of the closets in my bedroom is for keepsakes and I've got this box filled with drawings that I made as a child from very, very early cartoons that I made when I was maybe eight years old to all sorts of colored uh, pictures as well as doodles that I made during class and even um, a beautiful front cover of um, a paper that I, that I wrote. I loved drawing, but there was also one drawback of my passion for drawing, and that was perfectionism. And in this episode of The Walk, I want to talk about the implications of perfectionism, the destructive impact that it can have on our lives, and well, how to heal from it. Let's go for a walk. It must have been in, uh, in primary school that I took part in a drawing contest. And uh, I loved drawing. I loved cartoons. I dreamt of becoming a cartoonist myself <laughs> or a comic book artist. And, and so uh, that was absolutely my thing. I was super motivated to win this drawing contest. So we got a few hours to make a drawing. I don't even remember what it was about. I do remember the thrill, the adrenaline of, of, of trying to do the best drawing that, I ever, that I'd ever done. Um, and so everybody, all my classmates started to, to work. And the teacher told us, I will, I will warn you, 15 minutes before you have to hand it in and uh, go for it. And I was just staring at this blank piece of paper. And I was like, what am I going to draw? It's got to be perfect. It's got to be the best thing I've ever drawn. What am I going to make? And so I started designing like a science fiction uh, thing with planets and uh, uh, a spaceship. And then after a while, I was like, yeah, but the teacher doesn't really care for science fiction. And uh, you know, I was looking at my, my, my classmates and the girls were drawing horses and stuff and nature. And I was like, yeah, and here I am with all this space stuff. This is not going to fly. I got to start again. So I, I began again. I lost half an hour. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I have to uh, draw a forest or something with nature and animals. I tried to do that, but I wasn't good at it. I, I, I didn't know how to draw trees. And so that failed. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can do something spectacular. Like, I'm going to do an airplane chase. And I'm going to, like, uh, a friend of mine had taught me how to, how to draw airplanes. And I was obsessed with, with trying to get... Uh, good at, at drawing airplanes and cars. He was also really good at, at, at drawing these American cars. And so I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to do a car chase by a plane. I probably uh, was inspired by Indiana Jones. <laughs> Something like that. So I start working on that. And then I, I was like so immersed in my work. And that I... I, I I started again and again and again and I was, I was really to could build up the scene and I was super meticulous adding all sorts of details and I was like maybe at the halfway point when the teacher told us 15 minutes to go. I was like, 15, 15 minutes to go? What? Wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm never going to make it. 15 minutes. And so I, I started to speed up. I was like looking at everyone else. Some of the girls were already handing in their, their drawings. And here I was. And, and I had only drawn the, the contours of the plane. And the car was only... I didn't put any colors there. There was no road. There was no background. 
and I, I just started to 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 grit my teeth and 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 I was drawing like a madman. And then the teacher warned us, five more minutes, one more minute, 30 seconds. And I was like, no, 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 I, I need more time, I need more time. And it's like, you have to hand it in, otherwise you cannot compete. And then he starts counting down, 10, 9, 8. And I was like, okay, I still need to do the tail of the airplane. I'm almost at the end. Zero. And then I was, and then I was like, oh, uh, I'm, I need one more minute. And then the teacher tells me the, the most heartbreaking thing ever. And he says, Roderick, time's up. You, you, you had to hand it in. I told you before, those were the rules. So unfortunately, you're disqualified. I was devastated. I was so... I can still feel it. That hurt so much. And the drawing that I finally ended up making wasn't even my best. And it was... I had focused so much on the details and I was so anxious that it wasn't good enough that I ended up with nothing taught me an important lesson about about perfectionism and how perfectionism in itself seems a positive thing like right you you want to do the best you can but in my life in my experience perfectionism has most of the time be a hindrance to my work it's it's uh it's gotten in the way of getting things done uh, or even starting. Sometimes I would be like this kid looking at this blank page and I was just fuzzing about, like, what can I do? Uh, this is not good enough. And I would shoot down all the ideas that I had before I even started trying it out. For, for someone who is uh, suffering from, from extreme perfectionism, like I have been for many years, um, it, it, it literally often like gives you analysis paralysis. You're so focused on analyzing what would be the best thing to do that that you waste all your time on that and ultimately you end up doing nothing. I saw this same mechanism at work when I was watching an episode of Lego Masters. I love 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 the Australian Lego Masters. They show it here on TV. For some reason Australian TV shows are super popular in the Netherlands so we've got Australian MasterChef. Everybody watches MasterChef Australia. There, there's been a, a MasterChef Netherlands and nobody watched it. So, and for Lego, same thing. It's a similar program. We love to watch the Aussies for some reason. And so <laughs> I, was, I was watching this episode and there was this one couple and uh, they had the same problem. So you get that challenge and everybody's super excited. And most of these uh, Lego builders are immediately starting to, to make a drawing five, ten minutes and then they start working and they start building. There was this one couple... And they were like, oh, but this, this, this is an elimination, elimination round. This has to be our best build yet. Uh, what can we make? And then they looked at the other participants and they were doing such an amazing thing. And, and they were like, oh, they were overthinking. And, and an hour after they started, and they only had 10 hours, they still had nothing. They had not a single idea. And then they ultimately started to do like a compromise. And, but they were way too ambitious. And so a few hours later, the whole thing falls apart, literally falls apart, because they, they were trying to make something that they hadn't thought through, which made it even harder for them to come up with a solution, because now their plan only had half the time available, and, and, and they felt, and then that, that there's the brick man, who is the kind of the Lego judge, and he came to see them, and he told them, you know what, uh, if I were you, I would do this and that, and so they had to completely change it, and ultimately they ended up being eliminated. Because, yeah, time's up. And it's not, it's not perfectionism. 
killed them. Otherwise, they would probably have been, you know, maybe not the winners, but definitely in the kind of the, the medium category, they would have survived. And now they were eliminated because they tried to do too well, to be too perfectionistic. So there, there is, a, I think, a, a psychological dimension to that. There's also a spiritual dimension to this. And I think that the gospel can help us deal with this anxiety uh, that's ultimately, I think, the source of perfectionism. It's, it's anxiety. Um, and I want to talk about that next. Wow, oh, look at that. Oh, this is amazing. It's a huge mushroom that is growing on this stump, on this tree stump. And it, it looks fantastic. Look, how, look at the size of that thing and the bright colors. And this is in the summertime. Normally you see these, especially in the, in the fall. But I guess maybe the, the shade or, I don't know. I don't know what makes this grow. It looks almost extraterrestrial. Wow. So there's this one moment in the gospel that Jesus says something that actually, at first sight, is not very helpful for, for perfectionists like me. He literally says, be perfect. Be perfect, like your Father in Heaven is perfect. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I am anything but perfect. I, I, I actually, I'm trying to get rid of my perfectionism. And now, Jesus, you tell me to be perfect? How? How can I do that? Out of everyone, Jesus should be the one who knows that we are, we are never perfect. We're human. We are broken. We are sinners. St. Paul actually writes that everybody who thinks that he or she is without sin and is perfect is probably a sinner. <laughs> you know, even he as an apostle says and admits that he is far from being perfect. He has so many weaknesses. And in fact, he boasts on his weaknesses. He says, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I am weak because this way God can be strong in me or something to that extent. So... When Jesus says, I, I want you to be perfect, is that, is that just an ideal? Is he just like putting the bar really high up so that we at least try? I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe what Jesus wants to say is, is, not, is not to encourage us to be perfectionistic or to be perfect in... Uh, you know, being super virtuous, super, you know, rule-abiding and everything. Um, but maybe the word, and I should look it up, uh, the original sense of the word, because Jesus, of course, didn't, didn't speak Greek. Uh, he, he spoke Aramaic. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if what we translate as perfect actually means something more in uh, maybe a more biblical meaning of perfect. Which, which would be more in the sense of be complete, be well-rounded, you know, be, be, try to be... The, the, the reason that he gives is you have to be like, like God. You're created in his image. So what is perfection in terms of God? For me, it's, it's not that God... Uh, Although, of course, he's God, so everything he does is in a certain way also perfect. Um, and, and, and that is important from a theological point of view because 
if there is brokenness, if there's ugliness in this world, it can't be God's work. God doesn't do half work. He's not like us. He's not human. Um, but when Jesus tells us to be perfect like his father, I don't think he means do everything perfectly like my father does. Um, but God is perfect in, and, and the word perfare in Latin kind of indicates this as well. It's, to, it's, it's a process. It's to make everything whole in a certain way. Um, and, and God uh, is perfect in a sense that his heart goes out to everything and to everyone. And his concern and his love encompasses even the brokenness in the world. Uh, even suffering has its place in God's heart. It's not something that he pushes away. Jesus is going to be broken. So is that perfect in a human from a human point of view? No, it's, it's a failure. It's total failure. Jesus' career is ending in the worst possible thinkable way. And yet, I would say Jesus, in a sense, was perfect up until the very last moment. Because even when he was on the cross, crucified, incapable of doing anything, people mocked him for, you're the savior? You can't even save yourself. Come on. And yet his heart went out to everyone, even to his enemies, even to his, uh, the people that, that, that nailed him to the cross. He forgives them. And, and I think that's kind of more, gives, gives us a little bit more an idea of what Jesus means by perfection. It means to be focused on being wholesome. Uh, don't, don't let your life be reduced to, to just one aspect of it. Don't, don't waste your time on money or career or possession. All that is going to pass. Let your heart go out to the world. Be open to everything. Um, ask God to make you whole. That's another thing. If, if, if whenever Jesus asks you to do something that at first sight kind of sounds impossible, then it could also be an invitation to invite God to perfect you, to perfare, to make you make whole in you what you yourself cannot, cannot make whole. For me, this is also vital when it comes to mental health, for instance. Um, we all struggle with mental health. We all have our issues, our traumas. We've been hurt by people. Uh, we, we walk around with guilt. Uh, and so this broken relationships, failed ambitions, careers that went down the drain. Um, and, and in that brokenness, Jesus asks us to still be perfect, to be whole, to be wholesome. Um, for me, that, that means... I cannot do that by myself. I have to open my heart and invite God to complement where I'm lacking, to heal where I am broken. Because you cannot, I, Superman cannot fly by just pulling on his hair. <laughs> no one can. <laughs> and so uh, I'm not Superman. If I want to fly, I have to get on an airplane. If I want to grow closer to God, I need to stay. To, to ask God to lift me up. It's one of the beautiful things that St. Therese of Lisieux says. She's like, I, I'm, I oftentimes just feel like a child, incapable of doing anything good. 
but then I look at my father, at God, and I ask him, can you carry me? Can you lift me up? And whenever you ask that, like a child, God being a parent, being a father, he cannot refuse that. And so he will do that. He will lift me up. He will carry me up and make me whole where I'm broken. And so that, that to me, that, that openness is something I think that Jesus wants us to be. And so that also includes acknowledging that by yourself, you cannot be perfect. You, you, you cannot, I mean, if, even striving for a certain human perfection in itself may be a weakness, may be a hindrance, may be a handicap. And so my prayer is oftentimes, God, help me to be content with the way things are. Help me to be content with who I am. Let me be grateful and thankful for my qualities, my talents, for what works well. But also, let me be mindful that I, when I feel that I fall short, that I can't do what you ask me to do, I want to turn to you and I want to ask you, please lift me up. Make me perfect. Be be the strength in my life, as St. Paul puts it. Be, if I am weak, you can be my strength. If I am imperfect, you can be the perfection that works in me and through me. I'm a broken vessel. I'm like Kylo Ren's helmet that has been patched together again. But you can still see the fractures. And But that helmet can still protect, even though it has been broken in the past. And so even though I may break and, and am broken... It doesn't mean that I'm useless, because if, can, if God can glue me together, I can still serve others. I can still protect others. And, and that frees you from that drive, from that anxiety that you're not good enough and that what you do is not good enough. It, God never asks us to do something that we can't do. He invites us to open us up to him, to his strength, so he can do it through us. And the efficacy of the work that I do as a priest does not depend on the quantity of work, the quality of my work. It mostly depends, I think, on the quality of my heart, on, on the openness of my heart. If I do my work with God, then it will bear fruit. If I try to do it by myself, for God, <laughs> or, or worse, for myself, for my ego, then it's bound to fail, even though from a technical point of view, a quality point of view, it may look perfect, but it would still miss that one secret ingredient that would make it truly valuable. This morning I was watching a video on YouTube um, that was made by an Indian girl, and uh, she made a video with tips on how to film yourself with just a phone. Exactly what I'm doing now. I was uh, planning on, on making these uh, recordings. And so I was like, okay, that, that could be useful. Let's take a look at what she has to say. The, the, the part of the video was in a language that I didn't understand, but every once in a while she would switch to English and summarize what she had told her, uh, her audience that, that speaks her native language. And she gave a ton of examples. It was a lot of fun to see uh, how she positioned her phone and how she would uh, use like simple tricks to make it look as if there was actually another person filming her. And uh, some of those tricks are 
ones that I use myself and uh, because oftentimes when I film I am by myself I don't have a camera crew and and some of the tips were new to me I was like oh that's that's such a great idea I have to do that as well and then at the end she says there's one final tip that I want to give you and maybe the most important one and uh, and she added done is better than perfect done is better than perfect and so I was immediately struck by that because I knew that I had to hear that this morning. Done is better than perfect. She explains one of the issues that you have when you film with a phone, uh, when you're all by yourself, is that you want to try so hard to make it look better than you actually can. And so you will obsess on every shot and, and doing it over and over again. And the risk is, she says, and oh my gosh, I recognize that so much, is that you end up not filming anything. Um, or that you miss opportunities because you, you fret too much about where do you put your camera and then you, you miss that one shot that you could have filmed had you not been so perfectionistic. Uh, perfectionistic. And so that advice, like done is better than perfect. I love the simplicity of that advice and it's something I'm going to keep in my... In my, on my mind in, for everything that I do in the future. It's more important that something is finished so you can share it than that it is perfect, but it never gets done. It never gets finished. That's also true for the you know, like documentaries that I make. I try to be so per perfectionistic and it, I want it to be the best thing ever. And then, of course, it takes forever and it never gets shared. Done is better than perfect. And so this is one of the main reasons... Uh, as I've explained before, that I've added video to The Walk, which used to be just an audio podcast. But I'm adding video to train myself to just get out there and film and, and put stuff together, even if it's just done with a phone. And even though sometimes it's not in focus or I just, uh, uh, I don't know, the, the image is shaky or the light is, is falling into the camera and causing everything to be overblown, it doesn't matter. Done is better than perfect. And it's also true when it comes to preparation. I do prepare these, these episodes, maybe even more than I ever did. Uh, at the same time, if I can't come up with a... Sometimes I, I kind of lose my train of thought or I don't know how to say something in English. And then in the past, I would always immediately stop the recording and just redo it all over again or sometimes even just stop and Google something that I didn't know how to say. Uh, now I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's not important. It's just part of who I am, you know? I'm not a native speaker. I sometimes mess up in English. It's part of the charm. And if, if something goes wrong or is not perfect... You know, people know that I've filmed this and I record this with a phone. Sometimes if there's like wind blowing in the microphone, you're like, yeah, that's, that didn't sound very professional. But who cares? It's not about this. This show is not about the audio quality. It's, it's about the message, hopefully. And so done is better than perfect. Gosh, I, I really need to frame that and put it uh, somewhere on the wall in front of me when I'm working on the computer and before I go out to film this kind of stuff. I wanted to share that with you. Thank you so much for, uh, for walking with me. Um, my patrons can uh, stay put because I'm going to walk the extra mile with them. I've got some, some news to share. Um, and if you want to join that fellowship of people that walk with me, not just during these public shows, but also um, in the whole process of 
of putting stuff together. And a lot of the things that I do have been vetted by the community. And sometimes I get ideas because of that community of patrons that um, when you become a patron, you get access to the Discord server. That's where we chat every day. There's so much uh, conversation going on there. Um, so it's not just... Uh, you don't just get extra shows, extra podcasts when you become a patron, um, but you also join a community. And so the, the, what I do becomes also partially your work and your inspiration. So take a look at uh, patreon.com slash Father Roderick. I really hope that you can spare, if only like $250 a month. Uh, I know that these are difficult times uh, economically, um, but it goes a long way. And if, uh, if I can find uh, a, a, a community that can help me get to the next level with this what, what I do um, that would that would be good for all of us uh, and I, I really hope that being part of that patron community in itself is already worth uh, worth your investment so thanks for checking it out and I will see you next time take care and God bless